Man, 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 you expect the unexpected. Welcome to another episode of Stack of Mental Illness with your host and your boy, Ryan Smith. My guest today, <laughs> this one is interesting because considering that our friendship did not start off on a good note at all, this is 10 years ago, but I want to welcome a good friend of mine, Mr. Michael Marshall to the stage. What's going on, man? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And it's good to see you after 10 years. 10 years. 10 long years. Why was it? Why have we waited this damn long? I know it's been ten years. <laughs> ten long years. Like I said, we started off not friends at all. It at was all. enemies. Yes. And to make it short and sweet, people, it was over, girl. Yes. Short and sad, but it's over, girl. Boy, it's amazing. <laughs> but like I said, how things have been going, man? Uh things have been going pretty good. Um, over the course of 10 years, it'll be what, 11 years since I graduated high school, May 23rd. All right, and where did you graduate from? So the, uh, the infamous Prince Edward <laughs> County, class of 09. Oh, see, you class of 09. I'm from one year ahead of you, class of 08. <laughs> but yeah, that's what's up, that's what's up. Eagle Nation, that's what's up, that's what's up. So what's been going on with you? I've uh, been, like I said, been pretty busy. I'm a nurse. I'm a sergeant in the U.S. Army. I've been in the Army for four years now. Ah, that's what's up, that's um, what's up. I'm working on my doctoral degree. I have a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree. I mean, the blessings keep pouring in. I'm just staying out the way and to myself and busy, 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 busy. That's what's up. My hats off to you. You're doing the big thing. You're doing the damn thing. Like I said, uh, for me, me doing this podcast, I want to shed a light on mental illness and mental health. Yes. I think that that's something that's not talked about enough. Yeah. Especially in our community, African American community is not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. Sadly, but it's true. Mm -hmm. I think that if we both can, I'm sure both for me, me growing up, I didn't hear the word like mental health. I heard the word tighten up, toughen up. Mm -hmm. You can't be weak. You can't be nothing. You can't show emotion. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure you dealt with it, the same right. thing. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna start off by asking you, what was your childhood like? Uh, my childhood was pretty good. I I was spoiled by everybody in the family, pretty much Pretty much what I wanted, I got. We weren't really materialistic children because gotcha. with our mom's condition, our father being in and out of jail, she was there like the sole provider. So we had what we needed, not necessarily what we wanted all the time, but overall our childhood was really, really good. That's what's up, that's what's up. Now, you might me ask you, what was your mother's condition? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, let's see. In 1996, January of 1996, we were in a car accident, which left my mother paralyzed from her waist down. And this is where the scar comes from on my face. Uh, let's I see. never knew that. Yes. A lot, of people didn't, a lot of people don't know. They just know the aspect of how I got the scar, but they don't know the story behind my mother's condition. So my sister and I practically lived our entire lives with our mother being paraplegic and those of you that know that term paraplegic is when you're paralyzed from the waist down yep. so we've seen the aspect of her being cared for for you know from you know home health nurses and cnas coming in the house to care for her as well as her taking care of herself so we adjust to a new normal her new normal as well as us as children wow living with a mom who couldn't necessarily do stuff that normal mothers could do but she tried her best to remain normal as possible. Wow. Now that is now how old were you when that uh when the accident occurred, I was five and my sister was four. So since the age of five, we've 
adjusted to a whole new normal. Wow, that right there, if you ask me, that's a traumatic experience to be it that is, young. It is. It's, that's it's, child trauma right there. Yes, it's an event you'll never forget. Even at that young age, something that traumatic. I'd like to ask you, how is it possible for you to remember that oh. being that, that young? Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you experience something that traumatic and it changed your life yeah. that severe, that's one. Yeah. That's something you will never forget. Yeah. Even, at, even, 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 even in your younger years, yeah. even as you get older, you'll always remember it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely tough to go through. Now, um, after you went through that experience, I'm pretty, pretty, for me, I wanted to ask, how did you deal with that? If you can remember, how did you deal with that? Being, uh-huh. by you being that young? Because five, that's a young age. Yeah, uh, the family rallied around us. And that's then um, as time went on, I mean, we just just to it. We had, our, I mean, of course we had our spouts of like, you see everybody else's mom out and your mom really can't go out anywhere. But as we got older, we understood why. But there was always that burden there. Like, oh, why our mom can't do this? And, and, you know, as, young you. Kid, as young kids, you know, you really don't understand the whole aspect of what is truly going on. And then as we got into our teens, you know, we got a grasp of like, okay, this is really happening. This has happened. And we've coped with this long, so we might as well continue to live on with what's going on. That is, that is true. Cause I can only imagine that burden. Mm-hmm. Especially by you being five years old, yes. car accident, your mom's mm-hmm. life changed forever. Y'all, you and your sister's life changed forever. Mm-hmm. So did that have any negative effect on far as, you know, your attitude on life, schoolwork? You like your whole um, perception, did you turn into this angry person? No, I was never angry. I think, I had so much more to prove, so I was not a failure. I think I was more so like a nerd in school, and it made me more and more smarter. Because gotcha. as far as partying and in my teen years, I tell and I tell the story to everybody who wants to hear it. In my teen years, I was not able to be a teenager because I was always there at home with my mom. I always wanted to be there because I wanted to make sure she was okay. Because she, because you got to remember, she has adjusted her whole normal. So imagine the depression that she never talked about to anyone or maybe to Basically, her sister. to block that off. Yeah, so to block see it all, off. See all one you yeah. So as that, while she was going through her own personal issues, I felt like it was my duty to stay there with her so she could have somebody there all the time for comfort. Even if, even if, it's, even if it involves a non-verbal aspect. So I let my sister go out and party and do sleepovers. So she, at least one of her can, you know, be a kid. So I was forced to practically grow up fast. So I was practically bad through my teenage years. Well, basically, just by me hearing you telling your story, you pretty much became that at age five. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. You already said your dad wasn't around. Mm Mm-hmm. So we definitely share similarities in that. Right. Because for me, my dad didn't pop in my life till I was age seven. Right. Then he left at age age nine. Right. And he was gone for 17 years. Right. So that's, we have shared similarities on that one, but I can honestly say I didn't have that burden. Right. My sister took the burden as far as being the provider as far as me, my mom couldn't do it because she was busy with work with my grandmother. But that's a heavy burden to put on your shoulders to be basically a parent right. at age five, then 
to me, that's a lot of respect you get for me because basically you could easily say, you know what, why can I go out and do teenage stuff? Why can I go out and have fun? Why can mm-hmm. I go out? But you took the initiative to be like, you know what, we'll be there for my mom and we'll take care of her. And that's mm-hmm. something, yeah, I, I definitely commend you for that. That's a lot. Yeah, and then, you know, and it didn't even phase me. You know, we to little kitty discos and little dances on yeah. Fridays yeah. and none of that stuff. Really. I think I probably football games. Yeah, never, games. never until I got to high school and when, and when I truly enjoyed that <laughs> and started getting into JROTC and became becoming Mr. Senior and prom king. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little older now. Now it's time to have, to have a little fun. Yeah, a little fun. So, yeah, I, I tried to do as as much as I could. While I was in high school, that's good. That's good. When we turned fifteen and sixteen, that's when she passed away. Uh, so after that, we was like, "All right, we got to do as much as possible to form and find our true identity." Because now we've done all we could by her. Mm-hmm. Now we just got to take what she's taught us and what we've seen her go through and turn it into our own, you know, kind of thing here. Right now. You said when you was 15, Dad, your mom passed. What was that like? I'm pretty sure Dad had to be very um, tough. I can remember just as good as Dad. I was sitting in geometry class. Of course, it was, ah, it was Tuesday. I was, we were sophomores. Yeah, sophomores. I was, mm-hmm. And I had my JROTC uniform on. Yeah, because you were very, two, was it Tuesdays? Mm-hmm. And... I sat in the back of the class. My, I had knots in my stomach that day. It was raining cats and dogs. I just knew something was not right. So you already, you already had the feeling. Yep. Because I, I, my seat was in front of the class. I sat in the back of the class. Quietly. And wow. I just feel like something is not right today. And then we got the call that my, I think my cousin, I think my cousin came to pick me and my sister up. So we drove up to Charlottesville Hospital where she had been transferred from Southside. Okay. And um, when we got there, we was able to go into the room to see her and stuff. And at that point, she was pretty much on the machine because the organs and stuff was shutting down. So, you know, when you go into the big boardroom, me and my sister, all my aunts and uncles are in there. And the doctor told us pretty much that if she was, yeah, if she was able, if she, if there was a chance that she get off the machine, she pretty must be in a vegetative state where she would have to have 24-hour care. So. That was not a hmm. that was not a decision that we did not basically, make. Basically, you was forced to make it. Yes. Yeah. So, out of respect for me and my sister and I, my aunt's uncle, they gave they made us they gave us the opportunity to make the decision. So I looked at my sister, and I told her I said, "There's no way that I'm gonna let her live a life like this. There's no there's no continuity of life." Lame thing. No. You're just existing pretty much. And pretty much, why would you let us suffer even more? Yeah. So we made the decision to go ahead and take her off everything. Mm. So we went in there. Um, we went in there one more time. And that's when my cousin, she told her to go on. If she wanted to go on, that we would be fine. They would take care of us. And at that moment, we all went downstairs and we, we went, actually went to get some lunch. And we came back upstairs. And then um, we saw that lights were down, and you know, you had that feeling that she was gone. So my aunt, my aunt and my, which is my godmother as well, she was in the room with her, and she told her that she was holding her hand the whole time, and she didn't know that she had, was gone. So that when she said that, we knew that she went peacefully, and that was that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, when I looked at her, I, I I blacked out and I passed out. 
and I woke up back in the, they took me to the waiting room, and then the car ride back was quiet. There were no tears. It was just quiet. Uh, the main thing, me and my sister was wondering, like, okay, what's Reality next? Reality man. Yeah, like, what's next? And uh, I think we adjusted well. Yeah, I can the see The one thing that. that we did not do is we didn't seek counseling, outside counseling. We actually pretty much counseled ourselves. Because, you know, the funeral, she died on, I think, a Wednesday. We had the funeral that weekend. We were back at school Monday. So you guys didn't have so any, we didn't, you didn't yeah, take so, any, any, any any time to grieve? No, we jumped right back into life. Quickly. Quickly. Do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing? Um, now, for some people, it, it works in both ways. Some yeah. people, they don't like to dwell on it. So they mm -hmm. want to work or do something to take their minds off of it. Right. But you was going back to school. Yep. Which I think is even harder. Yeah. Um, we, for us, um, right now in the good day of 2020, <laughs> I think it was good for us. I can't say for other cause people grieve differently. Yeah. In the aspect where I did not cry at the funeral. It took me a couple of days to be in an empty room to actually break down. And that's the type of person that I am. Do you think he was doing that to be strong for everybody mm -hmm. else? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. The Rock. Yeah. The Rock and yeah. the family. Gotcha. But um, I can say that the teachers they rallied around us and sent you know and a couple of our friends as well, cause they were actually at the front at the funeral. So wow, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, a couple of our friends like Melinda was there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and then we got cards from our friends. It, That's good. Miss McQuidge Hicks was so supportive. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. That's mm -hmm. good. That's good. It was really good. So basically, from from what I'm hearing, you took you didn't grieve. Like most people would grieve, mm -hmm. you basically became that rock yeah. for everybody else. I'm pretty yeah. sure everybody else is broken up. Mm -hmm. You was picking them up. Yeah, that says a lot. Yes, that definitely says a lot. Yeah, and then um, I mean, it gets better with time, but you always have your you always have your flashback. Like, all right, it's 2020. That was 2006. It'll be 14 years this year, wow. and you'll be like, okay, I have I I will sit here and think or like. If she were here, where would my life be? And where would I be in my career? Would I have made the decisions that I have made now if she was still here? Mm. Would I have met the people that's that I've met. met if she was still here? So I, that's why I say God has a, there's a reason for everything that he does. Everything has for a reason. Yes, and I'm a living witness of that. And I yeah. think about that every single day. And every, and every decision that I make, I always piggyback off, off of that. Off of that decision, off yes. of what happened, because it could have been, yeah, totally different. Mm -hmm. I could have been sitting on up in little Farmville, <laughs> you know, just you know, Farm just Vegas. Farm Vegas would be like the only thing because of her. I wouldn't say that she would be, she would keep me back, but my thought would be always your with, thought would be to make sure that she's okay, she's good. Yeah, and as far as my sister, because when I went, when I first went to Virginia State University, my sister called me and said, hey. I'm about to move to Arizona with my boyfriend. I said, that's fine. I said, you're 18. I said, if you don't like it, you can always come back. She's been there ever since. So with that, I was like, all right, if mom was still alive, would you still have made that decision? So stuff like that. All right. You always be like. Yeah, like, all right. I like. I mean, if she was still here, would we still be thinking about leaving her? So, you know, yeah. God had, you know, God um, puts us in positions. He doesn't put, he, he does not put 
stuff on us that we cannot bear. So I felt yeah, like that is true. That I is felt true. Like he took her away from us for a reason so we could fly and for her to fly as well because she's and to watch y'all fly exactly yes yes because i've always learned a quote this today god doesn't give you battles that, that you can't handle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah some of the battles we go through yeah it can be hell it can be like why this happened to me right why is this happening but you realize now in the long run Okay, it's made me who I am today. Right. So I can see what you're saying. Basically, you're saying is basically your mom's still alive. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you'd have made a decision to go to Virginia State or right. your sister would have made a decision to go to Arizona. Right. Y'all thoughts have been like, no, mom's first. Yeah, and we have to find something around here locally, you know. Stay close. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it's nothing wrong with that because right. it's your mom. Right. But you're thinking like, what if? What if? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely. So that's like I said, she was an angel watching y'all fly. Y'all mm -hmm. done flown gracefully. Yes. It's definitely a plus. Yes. Definitely a plus. Yes. So what? Um. Right, let's see. To piggyback, did at any point did you think okay? Why wasn't your father around, or you was too busy focusing on um, your mom's thing? He has his own little demons that stem from his own childhood that he needs to cope with. Everyone does. Um, for him being as strong as he, as stern as he is, he has a lot of pride where he will like rub off like there ain't nothing wrong with me, and there's nothing you can do to fix fix or help me fix my issues. That that right that right there, you said the word. Keyword pride, mm -hmm. and in our race, that is a huge block. Yes, because for me, yeah, my mom and my dad, they both had their demons, and you try to tell them like, like, oh, basically you confront them with something right. out of love, not out of, you know, confrontation. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's with substance abuse, alcohol abuse, any of any any of that, mm -hmm. they're going to get defensive. Right. Period. Because, of course, number one is denial. Mm -hmm. Nothing's wrong with them. Right. But everybody else sees it. It's a problem. Yes. But in their minds, like, I don't have no problem. At all. And that's when that word comes up. Yeah. Pride. Yeah. I think that that's something that mm -hmm. they need to let, we need to let go. And our course, need to let it go. And he, and he copes with it with the alcohol. And, of course, with the alcohol, he feels invincible. And then he wants to go behind and drive behind the wheel and then that's oh. what that's what he's been out in and out of jail for is pretty much drinking and driving um, i mean a good per a very good person a very hard working person a very caring person but demons those demons won't he won't face those demons so he tries to cope cope with it with alcohol and, it, and alcohol wins every time i see so, substance abuse that's always a downfall there's no plus side in that. Mm -hmm. And for me, watching both parents battle their demons with drugs, right. it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's painful. But for me, it's like, it took me almost 31 years to realize, you know what, I can't keep stressing about what you do. Right. Because that's your life. Right. It's not mine. I didn't go down the same path as my mom and my dad did. I could have easily, my sister could have easily gone down that road. Mm -hmm. Of course, especially when you watch somebody who's on it, then you see other people who's on it, family members, that's influence. you be like, for, for me, I looked at it like, I'm seeing how it does to you. I'm seeing what it does to you. 
I'm not going through that. Right. Then you've seen other people, friends and family end up in jail, mm-hmm. end up dead. And it's like, why would you want to do that to yourself? It's like, why would you want to do that to yourself? I constantly ask that person that question like, but it's a disease, it's a debilitating disease. Right. And at first I didn't think it was a disease. Right. I'm like, it's their choice. And for me, I think it still is, you know, their choice. Right. You can stop when you, if you want to. Right. Cause I feel like there's nobody putting a gun in your head saying that you gotta keep doing it. Right. So I definitely can understand where you're coming from. Alcohol. Whoo. <laughs> I think that alcohol, that's that's almost worse as substance abuse. Mm-hmm. I think. Because the mood swing changes a lot. Yep. Drugs, okay, you know what they're gonna do. Right. Alcohol, you don't know the person will come home angry, mm-hmm. rage in a second. Yep. So I can only imagine. But he wasn't around as much in your child in your life as right. as you now, uh working out of town, whether whether it be working out of town or locked up somewhere. Now, do you think that that was a good thing? Uh, as far as him working out of town, it could go either, either way. way. I'm asking that because you think it was a good thing that he wasn't around, it was a bad thing because you never had that yeah. established that father-son relationship. Yeah. So um, pretty much he had a double life pretty much, especially with working out of town. They'll pop up like it's good and then it's time to go leave again. And then next thing you know, you're locked up. So. Yeah, see. And you gotta realize he has other kids other than me and my sister. And all together he has six kids. So that's Arizona. But see he was more so there for us because he was living in the household. But you gotta really think about what they were going through with not seeing him at all. Right. And I mean maybe it probably be like if they came over to our house to see to visit us or, or come over to sleep over, that's probably the only time they would probably see him or hear from him. Wow. So he has six, six other. Yeah, he has six other kids. He has, he has, yeah, he has, he has three boys, three girls. See, for me, my dad has, I want to say ten. Mm. And I'm the youngest. Mm. But I didn't meet my other brothers and sisters. I got older mm-hmm. because for me and my sister, we didn't know that side of the family until we got older. Right. So it took us some time to still get used to that. Right. And we felt like the outsiders. Right. Like, okay, you tended to them, but you left us behind. Mm-hmm. And that's how they felt as well. Then when you meet them, it's like, mm-hmm. I know you, my brother, my sister, but mm-hmm. I don't know you. Right. And, and that's a terrible feeling to yeah. have. Yeah. And that's what, and that's probably how they felt, even though we've all been close since we were small up until adulthood. Yeah. And Pretty much, we don't talk as much as we should, but when we see each other, we do pick since, up. Since like we don't even, yeah. Like so, I said, I meet him, I see him, but that I was like, hey, stuff, but it's yeah. not like every day. It's not like me and my, it, it's like, not like that. Yeah. And it sucks, it, but it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, growing up and getting older, it was like, okay, we go to family events on his side, it's like, okay, I'm, you sitting there, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know nobody here. Right. And you feel like the outside of the talking about memories, but I wasn't a part of that. Yep. So like cause me and my aunt, like me and my sister would go to my well I said our aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. his brothers and sisters. We've always been there, even from when we were smaller, as opposed to them when they go around my aunts and I really don't 
you know they feel like they feel like all right these are my nieces and nephews but I don't we know, know mikey and shonda but i don't know but we really don't know them because we wasn't exactly, y'all, they weren't exactly, around exactly your daddy didn't bring y'all around us and exactly. my aunt my aunt would simply say that to them straight like that exactly so i think for me getting older i mean yeah our relationship has gotten better now since he came back to me like 2014 but it took years to it actually took matter of fact this year we had a conversation and we basically cleared everything out right and he told me because i asked him i said you know what for me my biggest thing i asked him said why did you leave right i'm like because i'm thinking that you all the way in another state you 25 to 30 you know 30 minutes away mm-hmm. you could have gotten us on some vacations out of school weekends mm-hmm. and you can't say my mama didn't help you i don't want to hear that right but we have other brothers and sisters you don't meet until you get older. It's like, okay, you're my brother, but I don't know you. I don't know nothing about you. Right. Like I see you at Gary, yeah, it's cool, but when we leave, it's like, I don't I don't complete strangers again. I don't hear from you until the next meet around, the next cookout. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's 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 painful at times. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, okay, you're my brother, oh my you know, I have another sister, but the only sister I know is the one I grew up with. Right. That I can really, that I can really consider mm-hmm. my blood sister. Right. And it's kind of messed up to say that. But if you was in my position or in our position, you would see why we're saying that. Right. And I'm sure the other people who have been there just like, we feel the same way. Right. Because like I said, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And it, it don't have to be just blacks, it could be white, any, like any race. Right. That's a pretty messed up feeling to go and be like, that's your sister, be like, Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to the light. I don't know you. You don't know me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I can definitely understand that. But I, like you said, your father had six. And my father had ten. So it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I guess the temptations was right. Papa mm-hmm. was a Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I leave that at that. But um, you said that you didn't let that be a negative because you was. I can understand, like you said, five. You was dealing with your mom's situation mm-hmm. so your focus is basically on your mom mm-hmm. and it wasn't really worried about your dad right. which i can understand that was rightfully so right her responsibility is whole much bigger than his mm-hmm. so um for me did you ever get the feeling of or did you become depressed after your accident um as a child yeah because you were like people the people the kids are actually cool they're like oh cool scar and then you have to adjust to like a scar on your face because when i woke up in the hospital they got because i flew through the sunroof on impact and that that's what cut my face oh so wait yeah the, the impact was so hard that i flew through the sunroof that's the, the, t- the top of the roof yes that's what cut my face how is that possible? Yep, that's what cut my face. It, the impact, we flipped three times before we landed in the wow. ditch. We struck another car, flipped three times before we ended up in the ditch. Mind you, I'm sleeping, sleeping in the car. I'm wait, I wake up in the ditch. The last thing I remember is running up to the car and banging on the car and I'm waking up in the hospital with the most terrible headache and glass still on my head. So you don't remember, you don't, even recalled the I'm, impact. Yeah, I don't recall. You uh, yeah, waking I up, waking up in the ditch. In the ditch. Yeah, and then the next morning, I didn't mind you. At this time, I don't even know my face is cut until I wake up the next morning and with the most excruciating headache, glass <laughs> on my hair, and my aunt 
which is my godmother, mm -hmm. sleeping um, in the chair beside me. And that morning she got me up, but her and the nurses and the doctor got me up, and that's when I first seen my face, how my face was. Wow. Yeah. Mm hmm So you did not, so you didn't, wow. Mm -hmm. That's five years old. Yeah. To fly through a sunroof. Mm hmm And to wake up banging mm -hmm. on the door. Yeah. I can't even put that in in the, in the words. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think about months. You know, your mom mom had to go through uh, surgery, surgery and rehab, so she wasn't home. And I think he just he just broke some ribs. Nothing happened to my sister. He broke some ribs. That's about it. So pretty much, stay with our grandma and the family. Hopped on in, you know. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. But I'm pretty sure that man, that's. That is a childhood trauma experience. Mm -hmm. Nothing close to mine, but that to deal with going through an accident like that, having a permanent amount of scar. Yes. Then to watch your mom's life change forever. Yes. That's a lot to go through. Mm -hmm. That's post-traumatic right there. Yes. And do you ever get, you say you you go like, you receive like flashbacks or mm -hmm. it could be like any, any time like during the day or just, it's not a particular um, moment. Typically when I'm like in a room by myself, cause I don't even watch TV these days. So um, <laughs> I'll sit in the room by myself sometimes and I'll, I'll just reminisce on life itself. Like from the beginning to the now, I went to the end cause I'm not done yet and God's not finished with me yet. But um, yeah, from the beginning to the now, and I'm like, oh, I've overcome so much. And then I think about where I had to go through, what what I had to go through to get to where I am now. And I think about those hard times. See, for me, dealing with flashbacks, it only occurs in certain situations. Mm -hmm. But is it fun? No. Mm -hmm. It's not fun at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, or it could be like any, it could be like a touch where somebody's near me. Right. It could be, I'd be like, yeah, it just pops up. Mm -hmm. And be like, Wait a minute, it sucks you gotta keep dealing with that, but it makes you stronger, you know, you know, in the process. But dealing with flashbacks, I can honestly say it's not fun easy. It's, mm -hmm. it's not easy. Nope. Because you can be sitting there and you can think of something, or it can be like a noise, a smell, or a trigger be like, ah yep. why does that you start replaying it all in your mind again? Mm -hmm. So I can we definitely have similarities in that because trauma, I'm telling you, it is not fun it's tough especially as a, a child yeah you dealt with your experience at age five mine was about first or second grade and when you sexually assaulted by you know a teacher touched in a way that messed your head up right it messed your head up because it makes you it starts putting all these questions in my life wait a minute was it right right did i do something wrong mm -hmm. you start get it especially the child right that's, I mean, for me, some people may be like, well, I know people have dealt with that in an older age, but I would rather been at an older age where I can process it quicker. Right. You being that young, you don't process it that quickly because mm -hmm. you start questioning every little thing. Right. Every little thing. So that definitely sucks for me. Right. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not fun. 
It's not at all. But for me, I wanted to ask you, what made you, was there any other traumatic experiences that you dealt with besides that accident? Um, or any life-changing experiences? Other than puberty. <laughs> nope, um, other than no, just went, I just went through life like any person would, going through middle school and high school and all this stuff and finding who your true friends are and even making friends and... And how was that like born in PE? Um... How's <laughs> it? First of the show, but... Pretty much everybody that I graduated with, some of them we still talk today and then some That's of them... Good. And then a lot of them that I was close with in school, like we don't talk at all. We could see, even see each other in the grocery store and not say a word. And, and it's sad, and, 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 and it's come and, to and, that. And that's the funny part. Yeah, I mean, we you was as like, thick as thieves. Like, oh, really? We was thick as thieves, and now we don't even say nothing to each other. Which is perfectly fine with me. Yeah, but you walk past them, like, hey, I know you. Yeah, but... I know you know who I yeah, am. Yeah, and then I'm like, like, all right, you keep that same energy when something else, you know, you need support on something else as yep, well. Exactly. Yeah, someone I, you will speak to and they act funny, oh, oh, hey, are we, dry, we like that now, really? But like, then it's like, okay, another thing I want to throw at too, okay. They are friendly on social media. Yes. They are friendly on social media. Yes. They hit you up, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Take all that. Okay, cool, we cool. You see them in person somewhere, it's like, wait a minute, you actually you don't know me. Yep. I'm like, oh, that's the vibe you want. Mm-hmm. Like you completely behind that, behind this telephone right. or this laptop, but you see me in person, it's not like that. Yep. And to me, that's the definition of basically, you were basically to me a coin. Right. You play two sides. Yep. And for me, you can't, have, I don't want that in my life at all. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you dealt with that. Yeah. Like you just said, yeah. hey, I've known you for years in school. Yeah. Graduated, everything was cool. Think of these, we was tight. I seen the street years mm-hmm. later. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. And I think that's probably because I hate to say it, they want to be where you. They basically want to be where you're at. Mm-hmm. They could have easily been where you're at, right? But the choice, some choices that they made, or he right. or she made, they'd right. be like, "Well, I could have been where he's at, right? But he's doing it. And I'm not doing nothing, right? But still, what gives you that? That pretty much explains what a true friend really is, right? You shouldn't change because somebody else is, you know, decides to evolve. Right. You're supposed to support them. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, nah, I ain't supporting them. Right. We acting. <laughs> when you talk about that area, I'm pretty sure there's a lot that you dealt with as far as they look at, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it's sad, but the same ones be like, years later, be like, yeah, but like, my thing is, don't come years later, be like, nah, be like, nah, I don't know you. Yep. I don't know you, because yeah. for me, I dealt with the same thing. I mean, yeah, but for me, I'm going to say now, I've gained more friends out of school than I was in school. Yes, and it'd be, and it'd be the ones that you least expect to be to gain friendships with. It could be, I mean, I've, it's plenty of people that are like, all right, I don't even care for this person. Or you would think in school, like, this is the like, we ain't gonna weirdest, be this friends. Most weirdest dude yeah. to us. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought like that was like, cause I think I said, wait a minute, I said, now, when we first met, it was, I remember it, it was not good at all. At all. It was like, I don't know you, but I don't like you. Yes. Looking back, it's like, 
we did that for no reason. Yeah. But it's sad though. But it's a good thing because how we at how we are friends now. Right. But like you said, it's sad when you were friends with somebody who was really close to you and all of a sudden you get older and start developing and start doing bigger things. Mm-hmm. They don't like you for that. Right. Or they don't like you because of the person that you basically become. Right. For me, that's the definition of fate. Right. Exactly. And like you said, that shows you who your true friends are. Mm-hmm. Because you can't accept me for me. Yeah. Or accept me for blossoming, but you still stuck in the rut. Yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah. That's your fault. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, like you said, because some of the friends that you thought you would never become friends with, that happens. Yep. And the ones you were friends with, disintegrate. Yep. So it's funny how life works, but uh, that's good that you didn't have to go through a lot of traumatic experiences after that. Was a, that's a kudos to you, because I'm trying to tell you, that was me, ain't no way. Yes, yes. Ain't no way. To be five yes. and to deal with that. Deal with that. But yeah, life went on. Um, I haven't had many hardships actually. I've had some, you know, some failures. You gotta, you gotta fall and you gotta pick yourself back up. But as far as any more traumatic events, I haven't had any. Thank God. And I hope I don't have any. As far as you know, loss. You're gonna, you're gonna experience loss as long as you're living. You're gonna experience loss. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It's gonna yeah, happen. It's I'm gonna, gonna as happen. As far as traumatic events, none. And even with being in the army, I do not want to experience any traumatic events. I wanted to ask you how you haven't experienced none. So what made you decide to go into the army? And the thing about it is, I did not want to go into the army. As <laughs> all of you know, my whole four years of high school, I was in the Air Force, JROTC. Yep. And then Sergeant Colonel wanted me to go into the Air Force, but I wanted to go straight to college. Now, me being the 29-year-old I am now. Wish I would have still listened to them and went into the Air Force because it would have been it would have been 11 years in the course. Knowing what I know now, they would have paid for college instead of me paying for it. But um, yeah, the decision for the Army four years ago, I just wanted a change. I want I, I wanted to change. All right, what what can I do next? What can I do next? And I did it, and I was like, all right. When I got into it, like, what did I get myself into? But as it ended, like, what had to end it, but as basic and AIT ended, that part of my life ended. I was like, all right, all of this that I went through was well worth it. And I am, I am reaping the, the, the what's, what's, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the um, metaphor they say now? The fruits of the labor the fruits of the from labor. it now, because yeah. even though being in the army has its faults, but it has its, Upside. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's ass, but that's good. You didn't have to go through. I'm pretty sure a lot of people who go to the army, they go through a A lot, lot. and and especially what the army is now, what they call the new army. We don't. We're we're not experiencing stuff that people went through, like Vietnam, and even with the war in Iraq, we are going through. I'm not saying that that type of military way will come back. But right now we're not really experiencing that, and who knows? We might go go back to something like you that. I hope won't. not. Hopefully it won't. But yeah. you never know. But we never know. But right now it's it's okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Guys, a lot of people go to the army. They go through and they do not come back the same person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or come back at all. At all. Yeah. So that's a blessing that you've 
Get on Trick Path next. I said, Army, that's another challenge. Yes. That's another challenge. That's yeah. another. I said, that's, I'll take that back. That's another life. Yes, it is. That's another life. It is. My goal is to make it to 20 years, y'all. We're going we gonna to try. We're going to try. <laughs> I got two more years left on this contract. We're going to try. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. It, fl- it flies by. It You'll really does there. fly by. You get there. Like I said, Army, for me, like I said, respect to you and anybody who goes because that is a life changing experience. Yes, it is. It really like is. I said, you can go normal. Mm-hmm. You can come back, you may look normal. You may not look normal. Mm-hmm. You could be a totally dis broken down person. Yes, and I've had um what, three friends? Two friends commit suicide and one who passed away to sleep since I've been in the military. So it's not all, it's, and I talk about it's not all of what you go through, but it's, it's also what you, what you experience, your environment, and those around you, and what they go through too, because that has an effect on you as well. Wow, so you lost two friends in all yep. to suicide. And I lost Morsec in October of 2018. We lost Douglas last year, and we lost Brent last year. Brent died in his sleep. Wow. Mm-hmm. All very young. I'm about to say that, that you just sleep to be that young. Yeah, very, very, very young. And all full of life, full of life. You know, I mean, you would have loved them. Man, Couldn't say mad at them long, even if you wanted to. Definitely sucks you had to go through that. Like I said, suicide is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my. Phew. I with that one. So, and, I think, and I think everybody have had their. Out with suicide, some have been stronger than others. But some people like they'll get so depressed and they don't know what to do, what decision to make next, and they and they'll have that mindset like, all right, if I was to do this, would people care? And then another thing, if I was to do this, yeah, just go mute. Yeah, they just after that, this there's nothing else after because if you if you were to do it, then sounds. So you never had your share bouts of that? I really have not thought about suicide. I, I've always I've thought about all right if I was to leave the world today, how would people think think about me? How would they remember me? But as far as suicide, no, I've been depressed to the point like all right, man. I mean, there's so much to do in life. I feel like I'm not fulfilling my whole capacity of what I can do. Gotcha. And then I'll get. And then, then there's another depressed type of depression where you overwhelm yourself. I'm like, all right, I can't get this done in a max amount of time, or I'm doing too much. Yeah, there are yeah. many different types of yeah. Depression. You gotta prioritize. Yeah, there's many different types of yeah. depression. So yeah, because people think it's only just bipolar, yes. chronic. There are many other types of it. Like mm-hmm. I just did an episode of that. Like this, I done there's like twelve types that I researched on. I was like, there's that many types of depression. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yes. So many. But I had as no as, idea. Uh, suicide, I really haven't thought about that. Because I think I've since now, since I've seen it happen firsthand, like, oh God, I want to be there for the people that they left behind. And then as well as those who are going through it, what can I do? I'm not, I can give them advice, but I, at the end of the day, it's it's their decision to seek the help that they need. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But that's a blessing that you didn't have any of those thoughts like I said coming from me mm-hmm. I've had 10 doors in my life yeah, it's, it's plenty it's like because some people I've heard the stories and like okay 
what do you what can you do first of all you have to do you have to put in the work what can you do to change the situation because right now you're not doing anything to help you I can only be a voice in your head, like, all right, this is what I would do. Or what would you do? Yeah, or this is what I suggest you do, but in the day, you got to do what you want to do and Mm -hmm. what's fitting for you to do. Right, got you. Mm -hmm. Like I said, many people who battle mental illness, it's not really easy Mm -hmm. to process it. At all. Especially if your mind is just wrapped on, you know what, Wendy, I'm done. It's pretty much, that's a hard, Convincing way to try to convince them to change that mind. Yeah, and I tell them, I said it's gonna take time. I said, I said we could sit here, we could sit here and talk today. Don't necessarily mean you got to make a decision tomorrow. It might take months, weeks, years, years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna take a while. Yeah. Especially it depends on how deeply depressed that you are. Yeah, especially you dealing with like a chronic depression mm-hmm. or a manic depression or, but you dealing with any of those, it's not gonna be overnight. Nope. It's gonna be a whole lot of, you know what, I gotta really buckle down. Like, this is what I really want to make my life better. Right, right. Because coming from a person who dealt with that, it's it's a battle. Some days you wake up, you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you wake up. What the? It's one of them days. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell, and I'll tell some of my friends, I'm like, all right, you're going to Snapchat and you drinking and you smoking and you turning up and you still being very, very promiscuous and you out here getting this and that person pregnant. You got to remember all of those things are factors in why you are depressed. So we just sat here and we just talked about what we can do to help you. And you're out here still, still doing this. Mm-hmm. So... You're pretty much, and, yeah, and now you're making me. Now you're making it seem like my time is wasted on you. You really don't want to help yourself, first of all. Seems mm-hmm. like it. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's like I said when you're dealing with somebody who's or people who deal with that mental. I mean, yeah, is it easy? No, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like. It's up to the person that they want to really mm-hmm. get back. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's only but so much a person can do to help somebody. And before your cry for help turns to a cry for attention. Yeah. And that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that a lot. I'm like, all right, you was just depressed and all of this. And now you about here like... You just a normal person living their best life. So what what changed within a few minutes? And for me, that's where I got an issue with because for me is like you're just adding on to the stigma yeah. that needs to be broken. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you basically posting on social media this, that, and the third, but you on the flip side, mm-hmm. you're on Instagram, you're on Snapchat doing this. Yep. It's like you basically is keeping the stigma up. Yeah. You know, people and of course people who sees that start to take it seriously mm-hmm. until one of their loved ones ends up committing suicide yes. or doing something. You be like, "Damn, I didn't see that coming." Mm-hmm. Or I didn't think it was that serious. Right? It's serious the whole time. But people put up, they keep that stigma up, and people are not helping breaking that stigma. Right? It's making it even harder for people who try who trying to break it. Mm-hmm. So like you just said, you can be on Snapchat posting this that and the third, but it's a couple hours ago you were sitting there talking about. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You're going to do that. I'm about to do this, y'all. Y'all don't hear from me. This is what, what has happened. You're telling us what you're going to do. But if there's a difference, you can really, really tell if the person is seeking attention. 
or if they, or if really, they really, really like, need the help. I'm at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it sucks that people use that platform mm -hmm. to gain attention from that. Because me, it's like, what about the ones who really, really need, need it? it? Yeah, because some people are really going through some stuff out here, but you don't see them. They going through it alone yeah. at that. And okay. you out here voicing what you're going, so-called going through. And but it. I said mocking too. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I always say that everybody's going through something. Something, yeah. Whether it's big or small. Mm -hmm. Everybody has flaws. Yes. And for me, when that's why when it comes to mental illness and that the stigma of trying to break in, people mocking it's like, really? Mm -hmm. But if will you be mocking if somebody has to post a suicide video on social media and actually completes it? Right. And I heard people complete that on social media. Yeah. And it's like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. Like for me, I've heard about it, but I actually took the, I don't even want to see it. Mm -hmm. But I just heard people actually have gone through that and done it. Yeah. And was you one of those people that was like mocking it? Or thought it was exactly. funny? When you see it, it's like, oh, it's not funny. Yeah, this ain't funny. No, it ain't funny, but you still mocking it. Exactly. Or still doing it for likes mm -hmm. or for attention. Yeah. So for me, I got a big issue with that. Unless I ain't trying to change the subject, but that it 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 hurts because like you pushing that is like, okay. I'm gonna go on Facebook and be like, you know what? It's like this. I have one of these moments. Right. I'm feeling like this, feeling like this. He she's done his dad relationship. I'm done. But it's like Snapchat, drinking, mm -hmm. smoking. Yep. I'm living my best life. But you be like, you just posted this on Facebook two hours ago, and then you got 50 likes on Facebook. Yep. But you're doing this. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, that hurts me, that hurts me. Yeah. It, because for me it's like, the people who really needs the help, by you doing that, you basically pushing them yeah. further and further away. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. Yeah. And it sucks. Cause um, like I said, there's a lot of people who really needs to hear these stories in these episodes. Cause for me it's like, so I really decided to, you know, really go ahead and do it. Yeah. People like the, I think that people, especially in our race, don't take it seriously enough. Right. Like they talk about it, but it's like, eh, mm -hmm. it's like, why are you letting your pride get mm -hmm. in the way? Mm -hmm. It's like, really? Then they put the stigma like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, okay, so you putting the stigma on it now. Yeah. And me is like, nah, it's more serious than you actually think it is. Mm -hmm. But, um, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. But look, judging, basically by hearing you talk today, you've been through a lot. Yes. It, I can't even imagine going through, and that's then at age five, dealing with your mom becoming paralyzed. Mm -hmm. Growing up, being basically being the responsible yeah, caregiver. The responsible one, that's me. That, that's always been me. And that's a lot. Yeah. So I can only imagine that then growing with without a father who's, who's not there. Mm-hmm. In and out of prison. Mm -hmm. Alcohol. That's a lot. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give to someone who 
is probably will listen to this in the future or will have, have gone through the similar or close to what you have gone through. What is the best advice you can give to them? Um, I would I would say it's okay to be selfish because your your primary focus should be yourself first because if you get sick, then who gonna who gonna who gonna rely on you and then you your good work will be for nothing. So primarily I would say, you know, set your goals, set some short term, some long term ones. Always remember that the friends that you had will not always be there. And then those who will be yep. there, those who were there will still be here. Yep. Um, it gets better as life gets harder. It gets better if you are willing to work on yourself because you gotta work on yourself first. Because at the end of the day, we're all beautifully flawed creatures. Um, just steer the whole. I mean, the years are flying by. It's 2020 already. I mean, it was just yesterday I was walking across the stage. <laughs> it was just yesterday when I was walking graduating nursing school. It was just yesterday, yeah, y'all. That was funny. when I went to basic training, scared out of my life. And here it is, four years later. You know, I've done so much. So yeah, don't overwhelm yourself like I do, y'all. Because I think I work too much. And I do too much at times, and that's why a lot of people don't see or hear from me a lot. Um, but it's for a good cause, y'all. I try to share as much as possible within my life. I'm a very private person, so when I pop up on something, put something on Facebook, that's when it's like, all right, I'm about to finish this. I want to share it with my friends. So, it means something. Yeah, so it really means something. So I've been wor- really working on something. It's not like I'm being anti or anything. Because I see, I do be on Facebook, y'all. But other than that, um, I am I am working hard, and I'm usually I'm, I'm working I'm working to help people. So I'm not primarily focusing on myself all the time. I want to see everybody win at the end of the day. I'm rooting for everybody. I agree. So my struggle is not everybody else's struggle, but my struggle are lessons that I want to teach other people so they can find a solution to their own issues. And that's my goal in life. Bingo, bingo. Hey, I couldn't say that any better than that. But like I said, I'm going to close it out with that. I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come out and get on this podcast episode because this is, I think, this is a, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I had no idea you went through that. So yes. kudos respect to you because you have gone through the pits of hell yes. and have come on top and you're flying. Yes. So keep flying, keep soaring because you're doing great things, man. I'm definitely yes. proud of you. Yes. Definitely, you're a sergeant now. You're yeah, doing big things, I like I said. Well, y'all, I just got promoted to sergeant. It was a long time coming. But, but I obtained that goal. And um, our work pays off. Yes, definitely. yes, yes, yes. But thank you to the viewers for paying attention and checking out this episode. You can check me out on the streaming apps, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. Check out the Facebook page, Instagram page. Once again, Michael, I appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you. This will be many more to come, many more episodes to come. This is your boy, Ryan Smith. Thank you. Be safe. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We out.